I'm loving it. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Shepard, and I'm really, really glad to be here with y'all this week as I am each and every Saturday. We've got a great episode for you this week. This week, we talk about Julian Edelman, Marcus Aldridge, and what the Hall of Fame means to fans, not to players or coaches, but to us, the fans, and why we debate it. Uh, we also talk a little bit about what's going on in the NBA, a little bit of draft news, and we wrap things up in a somewhat interesting way. So without further ado, it is episode 27 of the Put It in the Group Chat podcast. Let's get to it. Nobody shoot a three on this team, though. This is crazy. Makes a shot. Well, we're recording this on Friday, April 17th. I mean, Friday, April 16th, excuse me. But you're probably listening to this on Saturday, April 17th. It's episode 27 of the Put in the Group Chat podcast. I'm Ryan Shepard. And I'm here with my co-hosts, Gerald and James. How are y'all doing? No, I'm doing straight. Uh, for once, I actually had a decent day when it comes to uh, – decent day, decent week when it comes to Boston, you know. Jalen Brown didn't want to miss a shot against the Lakers. Bench still sucks, though, so we got to work on that. And shout-out to, you know, future Hall of Famer Julian Edelman. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be concerned with the Red Sox and the color today, bro. Red Sox and going nine out of what eleven or something. Mm-hmm. Just watch that and be happy. I don't know what else <laughs> over there. You know. Speaking of Boston, I was listening to Bill Simmons and Jackie Mac. Man, ooh, that's a toughie. <laughs> nah, man. Nah, shout out them, but they, oof, it'd be some cold words in there. I don't know if we can hear that, but uh, uh, it's it's been a long week for me. It's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the world. Um, you know, as I say, like a whole bunch as black people, we know police officers. We go up around police officers, but if you don't got to be around a police officer right now, please stay away from police officers. People are nope. <laughs> shot left and right. Um, prayers to uh, I, I don't even know where to start. Dante Wright's family, 
Um, there was a man that was killed in Portland just a few hours ago. Um, just just a lot of kids. I, sh- I shouldn't even say adults. It's a lot of people under the age of 21. A lot of like really young people out here getting shot by the police. So just prayers to those people. So it's been a long week, but came here for us to talk about that. I deeply apologize. I have no intention to continue talking about that, but I don't have to. Um, with that said, um, I guess we can get into, um, I don't even know if it's a warm up, but we had two retirements um, in sports this week. And I guess the question is, and they're both, they are both in the position of you can have people arguing for them in the Hall of Fame. You can have people arguing against them being in the Hall of Fame. I guess we can start with the more, I guess, shocking retirement, I guess you could say. LaMarcus Aldridge retired from the NBA after 15 seasons. Uh, He's dealt with heart issues from the day he stepped into the league. But as he wrote in his outgoing statement that was posted on Twitter a few days, I shouldn't even say two days ago, um, the Marcus Aldridge, uh, he cited having heart issues playing against, I believe it was the Lakers um, on Saturday night. And he decided, you know what, this isn't worth it. This isn't worth it. He's got two kids. He's got a wife. He's got a family to think about. So I just want to, before we ask whether he's a Hall of Fame or not, I just kind of want to ask y'all, do y'all have any positive memories, any basketball-related memories of LaMarcus Aldridge? Yeah, man, like, LaMarcus Aldridge, I was never a huge fan, of, but I know, like, one time he came clutch for me in a bet I made in 2K because it was best. <laughs> It was back when you could like pick everybody on your team and you could create like teams on 2K and you didn't have to do a franchise for it. And I remember LaMarcus Aldridge came off my bench, hit a clutch three at the buzzer, won me 10 bucks. Still remember that to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like he's one of those guys from like two eras, obviously, because he played with like, Brandon Roy, and then he played with Dane. Uh, and he played with Greg Oden for a minute. Um, like, he, Wendy, he came out of school in 06, right? Yeah, he came yeah. out of school in 06, yeah. Yeah, Texas in 06. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any positive memories of him because it's like I wasn't staying up to watch Portland like that. Mm-hmm. And then San Antonio, like after the Kawhi thing, he didn't really they they were kind of middle of the pack. Um, and then you know the game kind of shifted towards you know three pointers. So I don't I don't know I don't really have anything positive or negative to say about Lamarcus Aldridge. For um, me, he, he got, I was gonna say he gave the Thunder fifty with no threes. So. <laughs> He was cold, but yeah. I mean, that's kind of where it is for me. For me, he was always one. I love playing with Brandon Roy in NBA Live, so he was always kind of like the security blanket. Because mm-hmm. if you played NBA Live, after, I think it was after two thousand three, two thousand four. I think they real they hit a point where they're like, 
you can't we can't make the game to the point where if you hold the button for a certain period of time the shot's always going to go in we have to make this somewhat realistic and that's when around the time brandon roy came in so there would be a point where you get a perfect shot off and it just don't go in or you hit a stretch where brandon roy just can't score because the game's outlawed at that point because he scored too many points at that that particular junction of the game and you'd rely on lamarcus Aldridge. and that was a really nice security blanket but he also just speaking of that like blazers team i think lamarcus aldridge for me the way i remember him he's he's part of two teams that i always think about like what could have been if people just stuck around longer because like he was a part of that 2006 2007 um 2005 2006 excuse me um texas team and then he went to the draft but not long after that, DJ Augustine and Kevin Durant both came to Texas. Now, obviously, you can't keep somebody there forever, especially if they're going to play in the NBA. But I was just kind of thought, like, if they had those three guys on the same team, that would have been really fun to watch. And the same thing with the Blazers. Um, <laughs> I love how you put that. Huh? I love how you put that. Wait, for what? <laughs> Really fun to watch because we know they wouldn't have won a championship. I mean, it's Texas. It's Texas basketball. I mean, Rick, yeah, Rick Barnes, <laughs> we, we already know. Okay. <laughs> oh, but the same thing with the Blazers. You had Greg Oden who got hurt. Brandon Roy's career ended early. LaMarcus Waldridge eventually ended up leaving. Um, obviously things ended up working out to a degree. You get Damian Lillard and CJ McCullen down the line. And I also think like to the Blazers credit, they've done a really good job with drafting players because it's not a free agent destination, but they've always managed to have a pretty decent team. Like even you go all the way back to the Zach Randolph Blazers, like even up till now, they've always been, they may somehow manage to make it work. So, um, but I guess that gets us to the question. Um, Basketball reference lists him as a 50 point, he has a 50.8 chance, percent chance to getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, Just to read off some of his stats, as I mentioned up earlier, he, Played 15 years in the league. He played with the Brooklyn Nets for a period of time. He played with the Trailblazers for a period of time, and he played with the San Antonio Spurs. He finished with seven all-star appearances, five all-NBA appearances, um, 2006-2007 all-rookie team, and just for career averages, just raw numbers, 19.4 points per year game 8.2 rebounds and two assists per game and a block per game did he get to 20,000 that's uh let me check uh dang i have to look that up real quick No, what are you doing that? I mean, he got seven All-Stars. So he should be a Hall of Famer. 
Yeah, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be. He was a he was a cornerstone for a franchise for a decent amount of time. We obviously he wasn't going to get him like far, far, but still, uh, the amount of All Star appearances. I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. So he finished. He's just one of twenty five players to finish with nineteen thousand plus points and eight thousand plus rebounds. Okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, is Joe Johnson a Hall of Famer? I think Joe Johnson got seven All Star. I think the issue is going to become when they start to get on the ballot and when they get in, because we're going to start coming around a era of players where a lot of guys are going to be Hall of Famers and they only put in they don't like to overload Hall of Fame ballots so it's it's going to become a point of who's your competition and not necessarily whether you're in the Hall of Fame like I think if he goes in on the first few chances he gets in but the longer this goes the harder it's going to be for him to get in um I think ultimately he is, at the very least, he's going to get his reti- number retired by the Blazers. Uh, yeah. But it's just. I mean, yeah. I mean, he should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, Reggie Miller got five all NBAs. Yeah. Yeah. Just going to be tough though with the amount of Hall of Famers that are probably going to come with the upcoming years. Yeah, but I mean, I if he doesn't get in, then that'd be like a baseline. But like, I don't like Blake Griffin's going to get in. Mm. Like a lot of those, I hate to say, like lower tier power forwards are going to get in. Just because you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of forwards out there. So I don't know. Also, just speaking to his case, he's I'm reading this from Bleacher Report. He's 47th in career points, 62nd in rebounds, 68th in blocks, 36th in field goal, and 71st in minutes. I don't know why minutes would be considered, but I guess you got to you got to be good enough to get on the floor. So I guess that counts for something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So I guess my next question is, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? No. No. I don't think so. Chris Bosh didn't get in on the first ballot. Which to me is insane. Uh, I'm not going to go. I mean, Chris Bosh was cold. Yeah. And he was better than Lamar. It's all good. (laughs) We can can talk about that. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not doing it today. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like Chris Bosh was cold, man. Shout out Chris Bosh. Cause you see me on that point, though. You see the difference between Chris Bosh and Kevin Love in the same situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Kevin Love was like a 26 and 12 player. Okay, so. I'm just saying, like, this one was stuck on Chris Bosch's name. That's all. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, speaking of the 
Basketball Hall of Fame real quick. Uh, we learned earlier this week that Michael Jordan is going to introduce uh, Kobe Bryant at this year's induction ceremony, which is supposed to take place on May 15th, I believe. It's, I think, don't call me on this, I think it's supposed to be um, televised on ESPN. I don't know if that's been announced yet. That's just something I've read online, but that could always be wrong. Um, also, people that are getting in this this year um, on the Hall of Fame, NBA Hall of Fame, Actually, I shouldn't say NBA Hall of Fame. It's Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, Patrick Bowman, Kobe Bryant, Tamika Catching, Tamika Catchings, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kim Mulkey, Barbara Stevens, Eddie Sutton, and Roman Rudy Tomjanovich. Um, Mulkey, isn't that a Baylor's coach? Yeah, she's a she's a she's a great basketball coach. Great basketball coach. A uh, word. Ah, uh, she. Oh man, that's the one that talked about COVID, right? And among other things, other other things like uh, making Brady Griner feel so uncomfortable that she doesn't want to come back to the program. Oh, she's uh, she's she, or um, when they had the um, whole sexual assault, murder, just outlaw investigation going on in the program. She said, "If your if your girl doesn't want to come here, then she's not tough enough, or whatever." Um, just a lot of different things she said. Uh, she has been wild. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's being introduced by Michael Jordan, so at least she's got friends. She's being introduced by Michael Jordan too. Yep. Oh boy. Really? Isaiah Thomas um, is introducing Kevin Garnett. David Robinson is introducing Tim Duncan. Okay. Alonzo Mourning and Don Staley are introducing Tamika Catchings. Okay. Uh, Calvin Murphy and Hakeem, I, I want to hear Hakeem Olajuwon, are introducing Rudy Tomjanovich. That makes sense. Uh, John Calipari, Bill Self, and Sidney Montgrief are introducing Eddie Sutton. Okay. Um, and Gino Oriyama and Muffet McGraw are introducing Barbara Stevens, which is interesting because I thought Gino and Muffet McGraw hated each other. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how many people Gino actually likes. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, moving on to the second person that retired this week, Julian Edelman. Uh, Julian Edelman decided to retire from the Patriots and take all the types of money he could get to go with him on the way out. Um, it also benefited the Patriots cap-wise. Um, so this is less of a tragic thing because there's no health issue. Hopefully there's no health issues involved. Uh, I you fail, huh? Yeah. Um, but the question immediately became because Adam Schefter brought it up on ESPN and then it makes its way to social media and so on and so forth is, is Julian Edelman a hall of famer? Uh, I feel like we all know what Julian Edelman's numbers or the numbers that matter in this conversation. Um, no, he did not make a Pro Bowl, but he is the all-time leading receiver in post 
in postseason play. Um, he's got three Super Bowls. He also has a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, it is a case that can be made. There's a case that can be made against it. I would what? You two. <laughs> can I ask a question? I want to ask Gerald some honest questions here. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so are you taking Julian Edelman over Dion Branch? Honestly? Yeah. Bro, bro you wild. Okay, so you no. going to wild off jump. Okay. Look, hold on, Branch, hold on. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, Dion Branch got a Super Bowl MVP too, right? That, bruh, come on now. I'm just you, saying, I'm saying, so, what, like, we know both of them are not Hall of Famers. So, it's like, what? I, I can, all right, so, first off, I want to start off by saying Julian Edelman's Hall of Fame candidacy does not have to do with his talent. Because I feel like if you're basing it just off of how talented he is, then we have an issue here. That is true. My, my statement on Julian Edelman being a Hall of Famer, quote unquote, depends on one man who all three of us know somehow, some way is going to make it in the Hall of Fame. Eli Manning. Y'all know as well as I do, that man was never a top three quarterback in this league. Am I lying? Yeah, but he wasn't like thirtieth at his position. See, I'm not. You're not gonna get me up here defending Eli Manning. I'm not. But here's my thing, though. You, James, you have a point. He was at one point not thirtieth in his position. But I can actually name times where people actually game plan for Jul- Julian Edelman. I can't name that for Eli. Like okay. I literally can't. And okay, like, Ryan, all right, man. All right, man. No. You think? <laughs> how am I lying? Hold up. Hold up. How was that a lie, though? No, I didn't say it was Ryan. I said, uh, okay, Ryan Clark. That's what I said. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. Nah, I'm just, I'm just teasing. But, not, I mean, okay. Like, I mean, sure. I, I mean, I don't know the name. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know much about the game plans of specific teams like that, but I'm just saying, like, Eli. Eli's career numbers are like, like top ten though. Like, I think I think Eli Manning. Okay, like, do I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? No, but do I think like somebody like Kurt, Curtis Martin should be in the Hall of Fame? Like, no, not really. But based on their career numbers, yeah. But you can't say that about Julian Edelman though. Like Julian Edelman has how many yards? It's not. It's not a lot. There are a lot of dudes who have way more yards than Julian Edelman. I'm saying like Eli Manning is closer to the Hall of Fame than Julian Edelman is. Like, see, but I'll oh, go ahead. I'm saying that because like you can see by the career numbers. Like, do I think day in day out? Like, yeah, he was the like just like we said about Lamarcus Aldridge. Do I think day in day out he was the best power forward? No, but like if you look at the points he's logged and. Rebounds he's logged, he's probably gonna get in the Hall of Fame. You can't say that about Julian Edelman, though. I feel like the thing is, though, like when we talk about numbers, I feel like we talk about career numbers, but like if we talk about the playoff numbers, and I know people are gonna go crazy about this because it's like, oh, well, he was in the playoffs more times. But if you're gonna use that argument for Julian Edelman, again, I go back to Eli. The man never missed a start, so you can't use that for, oh, well, he's been in more playoffs than everybody else. 
but then turn around with Eli and say, we're not going to acknowledge the fact that the man never missed a starting game his entire career and even has a record for it and not attribute most of those stats to, I mean, if you play long enough, you're going to get up there in yardage. And another thing is, oh, go ahead. No, just that's true. But like, okay, so yeah, I'm not defending Eli Manning. I don't think he's a first bat Hall of Famer at all. But I don't, right? I don't see like, like if we're gonna put Philip Rivers in the Hall of Fame, okay? Which I mean, I think that's an iffy case too. But I think people are gonna put him on Hall of Fame. And like, if somebody like is Tony Romo gonna be a finalist? Like, I. I don't know how this stuff is going to play out, but I can tell you for sure there are guys who are like, who have done what Julian Edelman has done better. And it's like, they're not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't, I don't think Hines Ward's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but I, I feel like Hines should, like, that was one though. I kind of do feel like Hines should be because Hines did a lot of things outside of it. Like we talked about, he might be one of the greatest blocking wide receivers to ever play the game Heinz Ward and but like there dudes he might the Patriots be, yeah. that were doing better than there are dudes like that play for the Patriots that have done like better than Julian Edelman. Like Wes Welker, is he gonna be in the Hall of Fame? Like cause they ended up losing those two Super Bowls? Like I don't know like I don't think like Wes Welker and Julian Edelman are like too far apart. I mean, but the thing is, though, right, and this is why I keep, like, going back to Eli Manning is there's, like, three criteria for a Hall of Fame, right, which is statistical dominance during your time period. Neither of them fit that. We know that for a fact. It's your amount of career, you know, amount your amount of career statistics. As much as, you know, we could talk about Eli Manning. He has as much negative statistics as he does positive. We can all agree on that, right? Like, he led the league in interceptions a decent amount of time. It's not like he was Brett Favre. Like, honestly, you could probably counterbalance a lot of Eli's stats. Similar to Edelman, I'm not saying he's perfect either. He led the league in drops his last healthy year in the league. So, obviously, he has that against his ledger as well. But, like, the third category, we know that's what Eli's going to get in on, which is your contributions to the game as a whole, and can we tell the story of football without you? And if we're really going to say that about Eli Manning, and you know why we're saying that about Eli, which is, he beat the 18-0 Patriots, and then he beat Tom Brady again. It feels weird that we can't say that about Edelman, who was involved in one of the greatest comebacks of all time and had one of the greatest catches of all time, had the game-winning touchdown against the Legion of Boom, and then was a Super Bowl MVP as a slot wideout. Like it, I understand the point, but I feel like in Edelman's case, as opposed to like Deion Branch, who you know was good, I agree, but wasn't as significant to the Patriots dynasty. Same thing with Wes Welker, you know. We could say whether it's his fault he won or lost that one. As a Patriot fan, it is in 2011. Never going to forget that, but not going to talk about that. But, like, when we talk about Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame candidacy, it's that last part of can we tell the story of football without Jules? And I don't know if you can do that. I I, I, I don't know how to respond to that. (laughs) Like, 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 I don't. My point is, if you can tell it without Eli Manning, you could probably tell it without Julian Edelman. Was the point I was trying to get there? I'm not saying Julian Edelman is this transcendent wide receiver. I'm just saying that if you're going to base that criteria off Eli Manning, I feel like Edelman has that same criteria, but we're going to ignore it. If that makes sense. I don't know if... Okay. So, like... 
here, here's my thing about the Patriots fan that like Julian Edelman. It's like y'all saw where Randy Moss was. Like, why is it so important that Julian Edelman gets in the Hall of Fame? Like, like my thing is okay. Like every Sunday, I watch Tyree Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if Tyreek Hill is a Hall of Famer, right? Mm-hmm. I, but that's my point. Like, that's how hard it is to get in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if Tyreek Hill is a Hall of Famer. But it's like, we're talking about Julian Edelman right now. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to compare them to, but it's like, on the, on the, like, you see, like, people who are head and shoulders better than everybody else. And I'm not saying, like, I, it doesn't always equate to statistical dominance, but it's like sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. But you see that, right? And it's like I don't know if these dudes are going to get in the Hall of Fame just mm-hmm. based on, like, how hard it has been to get in the Hall of Fame. But we talking about a dude who we know wasn't better than nobody. Like, I, I'm not like I'm not trying to disrespect you or anything like that. I'm just saying like that that doesn't make any sense to me. Like if you saw Randy Moss like have 23 touchdowns in a season, like why are we debating this? Like because we know what Hall of Fame dominance is. Right, but again, this is where the Eli thing comes in because you can't say Hall of Fame dominance. And when we look, and it's not even just Eli either. Like we could talk about Joe Namath. I mean, and obvious, and you know, Lynn Swan, who I know is a better wide receiver, and we can talk about that all we want. Statistically, ain't that far apart. What I'm trying to make the point of this is just the bottom line of like, we don't really know what defines a Hall of Famer, and we kind of change the criteria on a considerable amount. And if we're willing to like bend the rules enough to make Eli Manning in there, although like even if we look at it, it's not really there. I don't see the problem with giving Edelman actually cons- actual consideration. I'm not saying he has to be in. I'm not saying, oh, well, Hall of Fame-wise, he was clear talent. No. But, like, I'm not, I'm j- all I'm saying is if Eli Manning can get in off of the back of what we're assuming is the two Super Bowl runs, because that's the highlights of his career, then Edelman, off of his playoff attributes, and also, low-key, his special team contributions. He was one of the better special teams players in the league when he was playing. It just kind of never got put on the statistical stat boards for obvious reasons. But he was in almost every single special teams play for New England. I believe it was from like 2000, uh, 2012 to 2017. He played like the most special team snaps in the NFL. So like oh, Matthew Slater, a Hall of Famer. It's the combination. And you know, that's what I meant. <laughs> bro, bro. I was about to say, bro. Like, no, you know no, 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 no. Slater, bro. No, Come I'm not now. saying Matthew Slater's a Hall of Fame. I'm saying it's the combination of what Julian Edelman has done along with the fact that if you put that together, I don't think it's that far off from Eli Manning. I mean, none of them should be in the Hall of Fame, to be right. honest. <laughs> but I I guess if you if we're doing it wrong once, I guess we can do it wrong twice. I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't I don't know what we my problem is we actually have an argument about this, and it's like, bro, like, <laughs> Sad Johnson got 14,000 yards, man. Like, what, like you know, he's not going to get in the Hall of Fame because of some dumb shit, and it's like, 
Terrell Owens didn't get in until his third time, but we talking about this dude. And it's like, bro, come on, man. What, what are we doing out here? Like, <laughs> no, nah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it where I started on this when I first learned the news and where I am now are two completely different places. <laughs> when I started on the news, started heard about this news, and people were arguing, not strictly. I think the argument for Julian Edelman is a narrative-based argument. Right. It's not a numbers-based argument. No. And what people were trying to argue, and what Adam I heard Adam Chef try to Adam Schefter try to argue, and people on Twitter trying to argue, and not just random fans, like people who actually watch football and actually cover the game and get paid to do so, saying things like it's a numbers-based, that's not how you're gonna get Julian. Julian Edelman has less than seven thousand yards on him. Mm-hmm. Even Wes Welker has close to 10,000. Like, you can't be in the Hall of Fame and not be, have 10,000 yards or be close to 10,000 yards. For me, the Super Bowl MVP and the Super Bowl titles don't work for him or against him because is San Antonio Holmes a Hall of Famer because he caught a really important pass against the Cardinals? And No, like I, he's there because he was he made big plays and he did it consistently year after year after year. That's why he would be in the Hall of Fame. Now, should he be in over other guys? That's where I have my issue. If you want to put in all these other guys and then put him in, I have no issue with that. Because at the end of the day, what we're talking about, and I think people forget, at least from a fan standpoint, I can't speak for players or coaches or anything like that. But from a fan standpoint, we're talking about a museum. That's all of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you've ever been, like, I got to... I got to go to the Nate Smith Hall of Fame when I was a kid. I walked around and you know it was fun and all, but I was like, I was like, this is it. It's a it's a museum. <laughs> it's a museum we're talking about what we yeah. what at the, day, at, at the end of the day that what this comes down to is just what value do you place on the Hall of Fame? That's essentially what this comes down to. Do you place value on the Hall of Fame as being this marker? And this distinguishing factor, or is it just a museum? And I'm getting closer to it just being a museum. So if you want to put them in, go. Because you know what? I'm not going to Canton. Why the hell would I go to Canton for? There's nothing there. No disrespect to anyone in Canton, but there's nothing there except for the Hall of Fame. So I don't care if he's in or not. Like, if you want to put him in, and this there's, there's certain people that have just come to peace with it, like listening to the I Am Athlete podcast. Listen to Chad Johnson and Fred Taylor talk. They are really at just at peace with like I should be in, but I don't care at this point. Yeah, and that's, I that's mean, a, sorry. I was gonna say. I mean, I want to correct myself. Like Chad Johnson got like eleven thousand yards. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I was just saying, like, like bro, come on, man. We we really we really got to have better conversations when it comes to sport. And that narrative based argument is just cold for. Racism, okay? Because <laughs> there's some dudes that are smaller than Julian Edelman or about Very Julian good. Edelman's size that oh. got a whole bunch more yards, okay? on a good day, yeah. and he, he was the best receiver in the league. Like, bro, we got to stop with this undersized white stuff, but that's a different issue for a different day. Look. Like, <laughs> the only thing that's stopping you, Julian Edelman from really 
is one, I think people, this is another thing that get brought up. He missed a lot of games during his career. That he is true. Out for a lot of, that's really what hurts his numbers. Because it wasn't the fact that the Patriots didn't need him or that he couldn't catch passes. He was out a lot. So, again, like he, and I also think it, it puts us in this weird place where we immediately talk about the Hall of Fame and just overlook, dude played in three Super Bowls. Yeah, it's a super like that's a really that's just something you should just be proud of just in life. Like it's a really good career. Like, why do we always have like it's either the Hall of Fame or you're trapped? It doesn't work like that. That's like Elon Manning. Like he was he was the quarterback of one of the more popular teams in the league. Absolutely. Right, in the biggest market. You know, he did what he did. We ain't got to ruin that by the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? Like we we can do that. Like, my question is, like, with the undersized stuff, it's like, when do we just, do we, like, I don't know what the perception of, like, Black people is in terms of size. Like, I don't know the studies on that or nothing like that. But it's like, it be, we're talking about him having a, you know, uh, being a seventh round pick. You know, like, we don't ever talk about Antonio Brown like that. And that's crazy. Cause he was a six round pick and he's five ten. Like what? I don't. Well, that, you know, I, that, I don't, that is racism. That, that is know, racism. That's Maybe racism. Like, racist. Yeah. Tyree Hill is like five nine. Like he was a fifth round pick because of his own stuff. But you know he's five nine. Like what? You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's a whole bunch of dudes that are undersized that are getting it done. I don't. I don't know why it's got to be Julian Edelman, but. You know, I, I people like him. that's another thing. People like Julian Edelman. People like him. That's another big that's part of the reason why Terrell Owens didn't get people don't like him. People <laughs> like Julian Edelman. Like we bring in care. I think it's more so in, in football and baseball, we bring this in with character for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. This has happened to be yeah, uh, so you already know. See, but you know why though? Because it's the people, you know what I'm saying? It, it's the people we, you know, we uh, the people that are coming to visit these museums. That's what it is. We want to believe like the national pastime is like so pure and stuff like that. It's like, bro, y'all didn't allow black people until forty-seven. Like, what are y'all talking about? Like, how is? Also, they have some people in there with poor character that we don't. Talk about. Like, what? Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? How is he not? Character, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. Like, you got even talking about the football hall. Of Fame. Was it was it two or three years ago? Ray Lewis got in. Yep. Oh man, y'all put OJ and kept OJ in. <laughs> I listen. I listen. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm just no. saying. We gonna get kicked. <laughs> <laughs> no. Shoot. Uh, you know, uh, but we we understand whether you believe he did that or not. There was some stuff before then. Right. But you know, you know, it's just like, bro, Ray Lewis, huh? I don't want to get into the Ray Lewis thing, though. Even the thing, like, even if if Michael Vick had never gone to jail for fighting them dogs, that man was not getting into the Hall of Fame. They were not gonna let that man live that down. Uh, I mean, but if he doesn't go to jail for the dog thing, that means his career plays out. I don't know what happens if he does. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, if he just never saying, if he never plays for Andy Reid, that 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 uh, you know, we might look at Michael Vick a little bit differently. 
Like he was cold, but like he didn't max out. You know, I don't I don't think he maxed out anyway, but I'm just saying like that Andy Reid year really helped. He was in the MVP conversation and that type of thing. Right. Um I guess that wraps that up. Moving on to brighter news. Um Dwayne Wade is now a part owner of the Utah Jazz. Um, he announced that earlier today. Uh, people were kind of confused with why he didn't buy part of the Heat, uh, but Mickey Erickson said that he approached him about it right after he retired. He said he needed time to think about it, um, and he eventually landed up with the Jazz. Uh, he's also supposed to have an active role within the organization, whatever that means. Uh, and they in the region, right? Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> uh, also, um, an athlete buying portions of teams. Uh, Marshall Lynch has just recently bought a portion of the USL soccer team, um, the Oakland Roots. Um, so mm-hmm. shout out to him. Nice. Also, last night we had the WNBA draft. Uh, one of the more feel-good stories of the night was Dee Dee Richards going 17th, I believe, to the New York Liberty. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with Dee Dee Richards, she played at Baylor. She was a National Defensive Player of the Year, uh, but she did not start the year uh, on the court. On October 24th, about a week before Halloween, she was temporarily paralyzed. She had damaged part of her spinal cord and managed to get back onto the court within 38 days. Um, and now is a first-round draft pick playing for the Liberty. Uh, but I guess wrapping things up, we got a quick, quick game um, of is this inner bounds or out of bounds? I got two quotes for you um, or two sound bites. Um, I just need y'all to tell me if they're in bounds or out of bounds. The first one comes from ESPN, um, an episode of the Hoop Collective podcast. Two voices you'll hear are Brian Whittenhorst and Tim Bontemps um, talking about the MVP race in the NBA. It was tied two months ago. It between was these three tied. guys. LeBron had a significant advantage. No, he didn't. He had yeah, he these did. small. Okay, okay. You can make up facts now and yell like people on Twitter, like you were talking about earlier. Well, it's one thing or, to or, say or, a guy misses. It's one thing to no. say, well, a guy misses no, 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 seven no, no, no. weeks no. because of an injury. Yes, that's you're gonna you're gonna listen. You just Ooh. said LeBron has significant lead. That is a lie. LeBron had the closest advantage. How of anyone first... get Brian? Tim, I don't give a flying bleep about whoa, the total whoa. points. I know that you put the total points in there and that matters to you. The only thing that matters to me is first place votes. How many first place votes does LeBron have? I will look it up now. I'm not even gonna bother looking it up. He was a, he was barely ahead. There's no way that's true. He had like way more first place votes. Well, let's just let's just let's just go with that straw poll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the first question I would ask is: Is it out of bounds to be talking to your coworker like that? <laughs> Second I'm question sure. would be: um, Is that an accurate assessment? of what you remember from the early parts of the season in the MVP race? I mean, I'm a LeBron guy. I don't think he was going to win MVP this year. 
but one, I mean, you're not gonna come to Brian Windhorse about LeBron and it'd be objective though. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know why he's trying. I don't know why he's trying that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Brian Windhorse is on TV because of LeBron. Like, he's not finna be like, oh yeah, I don't think he MVP. Like, what? <laughs> like, what you mean? Like, of course, like Brian Windhorse is gonna be like, oh yeah. LeBron, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, also later in the podcast, he called him a jackass, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Look, I mean, it's not right to talk to your coworker that way, but when you got like security, like Brian Windhorse, you probably could, couldn't you? <laughs> like, nah, he, he out of bounds for that, but it's like, it's funny watching white people have like, Black barbershop discussions, mm-hmm. like, like I ain't never, <laughs> seen, I ain't never seen white people argue about basketball like that. Like uh, <laughs> he tried to keep it professional too. <laughs> All that's missing is that one dude saying that if you put Melo on that Heat team, you would have won five rings. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, man! Like, is this what goes on in white barber shops? I don't know. Man. <laughs> like, they don't usually be discussing like basketball. Like, so it's like I don't. I know there are a lot of white dudes in the media, of course, and they gonna have discussions about basketball. But it's like I ain't never seen that before. Like, they hate it <laughs> <laughs> over the MVP discussion. They hate it, bro. <laughs> Were they, what were they arguing about, like, Jokic over LeBron or something? Yeah, that's essentially what they were arguing about, where Jokic stood in Le- I guess it wasn't so much that Jokic was in the MVP conversation. It was the fact that when Horace was arguing at the early portion of the season before everyone started getting hurt, that sh- LeBron was way ahead in the MVP race. Oh, that's what playing for the Lakers? Like, what? <laughs> like what? that's also like, killing. That's also a lie because even if you go by record, wasn't MB like the front runner by a mile for like a lot of this race before he got yeah, injured? Yeah, but like yeah, people are trying to give him like a historic season, like and win shares and like usage rate and stuff like that. Like how that pertains to whatever. Look at the advanced statistics. Like, like LeBron wouldn't go win MVP. <laughs> But he can't say that because LeBron wanted to win MVP this year and he wanted LeBron's boys, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, he you know, obviously Winhorse is gonna say what he's gonna say. But like dang, you ain't gotta cuss each other out over LeBron. But <laughs> you know, that's how you know LeBron be bringing it out of people, you know what I'm saying? So that's just what it is. What's the second one, man? So the second clip takes us back to um, DG Richards. Um, last night, Shaq um, had some comments about DD Richards' mother. Um, oh, man. Yes. Go anywhere. What is this? And then also to know what you were just going through. And now that at WNBA draft this year, you're going to hear your name called. What is that doing in your mind? Oh, I'm crazy anxious. Um, someone always told me that if you're nervous and that's negative energy, you're anxious, positive energy. So I'm gonna say I'm anxious. 
for to see what's gonna happen. But I'm in Houston, back home with my parents, my family. So I'll have some family and friends. I'll be literally in this spot. And my brother will probably right here. My mom's literally standing right behind the camera. Amazing. And so Bye, we're mom. all gonna mom. They said, hey mom, look. <laughs> tell us say hi. Tell it come to the camera. Tell it come to the camera. Yeah. What's up? Hey, mom. This is Halo. Man, black don't crack. You see that? Just ageless. Now I'm ageless. I got a hey, D -way, I got a new website called Damn Your Mama Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear y'all. Y'all hear my ear. That's funny. Uh, DD. So yeah. Um. Uh. Now that I get the context, that's not out of bounds. Yeah, it was it wasn't too far out of bounds. It, it's I think it's it's the idea of Shaq talking to your mother. Um <laughs> people the wrong way. Um I, I thought uh I thought he said something outrageous, like but Candace Parker was just as outrageous. Yep, black I mean, don't crack. <laughs> black black women commenting complimenting other black women is not taken the same way. Come on. Come on, man. Nah, you can't, you can't just paint it over because she a woman and be like, yeah, she can say whatever. Like, we on national TV. You talking about black don't crack. What? <laughs> we, what they got to do with the draft, okay? They asked her mother to come to the front. They asked her mother to come in, and she said black don't crack. Black don't crack is different than saying your mother's fine. Those are two different things. What? What? Those are two different things. No, they not. They not that different, are, man. That is two completely <laughs> different things. Saying that you're assuming, you're assuming that uh, Candace Parker is heterosexual, which I don't know. I don't know if she is or she isn't. She I'm is just saying you're assuming that. Candace I'm Parker saying they're equal comments because you know they could equally be attracted to the woman, equally be attracted to the woman. We don't know, but I'm just saying. Candace Parker is heterosexual. I, I don't know that. But I don't want this to start a rumor that because, you know, <laughs> I, you know I, I ain't even trying to go down that road. I'm just saying, like, she talking about the woman's appearance and he talking about the woman's appearance. I don't know, Shaq, but I don't know if I want Shaq talking to my mama, though. <laughs> if that was my mother, I would not want someone telling my saying my mother black don't crack and your mama fine. You're getting two different reactions out of me. The same way if you say that to my my significant other, you said black don't crack or damn nah. your girl's fine. No. Those are two different things. Those are two nah. different nah, things. But if a man said black don't crack to your significant other, you wouldn't like that either. I wouldn't have that much of an issue with it because black don't crack to me means that you have an age. Now it would look sound weird to me because I'm 25, so I would have to dating someone significantly older than me. That would be weird. But saying that and versus your girl is fine or your mom's fine or your aunt's fine, two different reactions. But but time out though, I feel like black don't crack is low-key disrespectful. How are you trying to say you trying to say she old already? Yep. You ain't even <laughs> never met this woman. You just say, black don't crack. Like, what? How, how old is this woman? <laughs> what? Well, is Dee this Dee a lot? Dee Dee Richards is in her early 20s, so she's got to at least be in her 40s at least. That don't make you old. 
that don't make you old, but it makes you older than Candace Parker. <laughs> That's <was> fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Shoot. That, that about... Wouldn't that be funny if uh, Brian Winhorse was like Black Don't Crack? <laughs> if, Black, if, if Brian Winhorse says Black Don't Crack, it's a meme. It's a meme. <laughs> And I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Wittenhorst has said black don't crack to somebody. <laughs> Brian Wittenhorst be getting comfortable sometimes. <laughs> right? <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that kind of wraps up what we've got for you today. Um, just final things going through um, before we check out uh, X-rays have come back negative for Donovan Mitchell. Um, initial report said that somebody tried to fight Aaron Donald. As we get more information, we're starting to learn that Donald Aaron Donald was actually trying to help the man that he was trying that they were accusing of beating up. Um, no motive was found in the shooting of XFNFL safety or cornerback. Philip Adams in South Carolina who shot and killed multiple people last week. Um, and last but not least, the Texans are saying that they are waiting through the legal process um, to be specific. They said they are they want to be respectful of the legal process surrounding Deshaun Watson before making any further moves. Yeah, I don't Okay. I don't. All right. But other than that, um, also, oh yeah, um, Jake Paul's being sued for sexual assault. I think we mentioned that at the top of the show, but I'm mentioning it at the end of the show because I don't like Jake Paul. Um, but that's. But he's also supposed to be fighting this um week. He's fighting Ben UFC fighter Ben Askren in a boxing match in Atlanta. Uh, so there's that too. Uh, but. That's about it. Not too much going on. Um, stay safe out there. Uh, be mindful. Be vigilant. If you're black, please stay black. Be safe out here. <laughs> um, and that is episode 27 of the Put in the Group Chat podcast. We'll see you again next week. Peace. And that just about wraps everything up. So I just want to say thank you for listening to episode 27 of the Put In The Group Chat podcast. Make sure that you follow us on YouTube at Put In The Group Chat Pod and on Twitter at P-I-I-T-G-C Pod. It's literally the first letter of each word in the name of the podcast, followed by the abbreviation Pod, P-O-D. So without further ado, send you off. Have a great weekend. Peace. <laughs>